Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end. Seen lonely times when I could not find a friend, but I always thought that I'd see you again. Welcome, Peter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Peter Report podcast. I'm Scott Reynolds. Along with me is is John Ledyard. I'm sorry, I'm I, not in great voice tonight. Uh, Mark Cook would be disappointed, <laughs> but uh, been doing a lot of crying over the last. Um, last uh, 48 hours so you have to bear with me here a little bit um um john uh we're gonna get to some some bucks bengals conversation here this is a, a peter report post game podcast but i wanted to let everybody know that um the buccaneers did a great job tonight of, of remembering our great friend and uh peter report legend mark cook um, i'll have you talk about that you're at the stadium tonight um Rondé Barber and Chris Myers did a great job on the broadcast um, talking about Mark. Bruce Arians started off his press conference uh, with a hat tip and some kind words to say about Mark. For us, um, for this particular uh, episode of the Peter Report podcast, we're going to mainly talk about Bucks Bengals, but we do have a special um, edition of the Peter Report podcast coming on Monday at 4 o'clock. That's our usual time, but we're going to spend the entire show talking about Mark Cook. And we're going to have special guest Trevor Sikkim on and the Peter Report staff. So we're going to be um, inviting you to, to join that episode on Monday at 4 o'clock and, and bring your, your comments. We'll put as many up as we can. Uh, Cookie was beloved by everybody. I'm happy to report that in just hours, the, the GoFundMe um, is up to $11,646. Um, their goal is $30,000 for Mark's funeral and expenses. And uh, if you would like to contribute, we're going to have some information about that. Um, but, um, but John, uh, before we get to the, the Bucks Bengals talk, what, what, what was it like there um, in, in the, the press box for Mark? Um, the, the Buccaneers did some nice things for him in the stadium, did they not? Yeah, absolutely. They had a moment of silence for Mark in the press box uh, before the game started, um, and then at the two-minute, uh, at the two-minute warning, they had uh, another moment in the stadium where they put, showed him on the screen and talked about him and said some really great words about him. And the Bucks media relations staff has been just unbelievable as they always are. They set out a great. They they reserved his spot, you know, kind of in the in the press box um, with his name card and everything, and they set out a great kind of shrine to Mark there. Some FSU. Uh, gear and a cup and uh, the chef's and, and hat too, pasta. right? The chef's hat, yes, from, from the what's cooking. Videos. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. He would have been uh, cracking up at that for sure. So, yes, um, yeah, they they've done an unbelievable job honoring him. Like you said, Bruce opened his presser where his comments were uh, in honor of Mark and remembering him and what a great guy he was. And so, yeah, it's stunned all of us. Uh, I think we're all still definitely in the processing phase. Yeah, I was talking to Jenna Lane, ESPN, before the game, and she said it just felt like. 
crazy that we had to go cover a football game because I know everyone's kind of feeling the same way. Um, and you definitely felt that in the press box tonight for sure. It's it's not going to be easy for any of us uh, this season and beyond, I think, uh, knowing the cookie's not going to be there. Yeah, for sure. But I uh, just wanted to you know say thank you to everybody out there in Pewter Nation, um, our Pewter Report audience, the, the Buccaneer fans have been great. Um, you've, you've lifted the, the Cook family up, um, Daisy, Charlotte, the Pewter reporters, myself included. Um, it's, it's been, it's been awesome to see the outpouring of, of love for Mark and certainly not surprising. He was a great guy. Mm -hmm. Um, very, very yeah. tragic loss. And we're looking forward to, to doing that show. And again, you know, we wanted to, to remind everybody to, to join us on, on Monday, um, as we, as we go ahead and, and pay tribute to, to Mark, um, and, and that's going to be at, at 4 o'clock Eastern time. So uh, please join us there. Great, I see lots of great stories in the chat about Mark and favorite podcasts and stuff, and I'd encourage everybody to come with those on Monday. We are going to celebrate Mark yes. the way we really would have wanted us to by remembering those best moments and, and, and uh, the things that he really did best. Uh, for the Peter Report and Peter Nation, when it back when it was the Peter Nation podcast, then it was the Peter yep. Report podcast, and all that he meant to us for sure. So uh, bring those stories because we're going to be reliving a lot of this and looking forward to that show. I know that it's going to be hard, but at the same time, it's going to be uh, exactly how Mark would have wanted it to be. Uh, I know that. So uh, yep. we definitely appreciate everybody sharing what they've shared with us. And you know the the great thing about uh, about tonight was was football was back, and that's something Mark loved. Mm. football or Raymond James Stadium Buccaneer football and we got to see some tonight um <laughs> it was it was not uh it was not nearly as crisp or as as entertaining or a victorious John as it was the last time the Buccaneers were at Raymond James Stadium back on February 7th winning the Super Bowl um we saw the starters for just a just a, a minute in this game really uh I think a series you know um but um Bruce Aarons was not pleased with the tackling. <laughs> he really called out, called out this this Buccaneer defense um, for putting a lot of bad tape out there. You know, for a lot of a lot of guys, uh, John. It, it, uh, I tell you what, <laughs> it was it was a really it was just sloppy football. I'm not saying the Bengals were great either, but our job is you know focus on the uh, on all that we can with the box and and focus on the home team, and that's kind of what we're trying to do here. And so it was just. Missed tackles and drop footballs were like the and penalties were the story of the night. You could argue yeah. a lot of the penalties were not good calls. The officiating oh, was horrible. God, just, it was horrible. The, not only just the official, the rules, the calls, all of it. How people are like, yeah. oh, well, no, actually, that's the rule. I don't care. Like, I know what the heart of the rule was supposed to be. Right. And I know that it's written poorly and probably enforced poorly. I mean, the Joe Tryon play, Bruce Aarons was furious after was the bad. game uh, about it. Um, he was, he was, I mean, just, talking about how it should have been a runner. He's running the option and it never should, you know, and it, there's no like weight rule once that happens. And I'm not sure if it was a, it was a, a blow to the head. If they said he led with the head. I mean, I, to me, I just thought he tackled him for him tackle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're just getting to the point where we're just picking apart little things. And obviously yeah. we're not, we're not, you know, reinventing the wheel or anything with the statements we're making today, but the efficient right. was terrible. The tackling was bad. The catching of the football was poor. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought all of those kind of things report looked very much like a game in which the starters played very little. Um, we won't go too much into the starters. There's really not a whole lot to glean. And right. I hate to, I hate talking about small sample size. Uh, yeah. things. There was one drive. <laughs> there were a few plays. 
Giovanni right. Bernard caught a pass and converted a third down, which is what you wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, they come back on first and 10 and they go and they throw the deep shot. And Antonio Brown, who's not dropped a pass in off camp, drops the ball down the field. Just, I mean, just kind of stuff that you're just like, oh my word, like right. good, it's preseason, but this kind of stuff can't happen in a real game. And I've watched AB for years. Don't think it's going to happen uh, in, in, for in the regular season, but yeah, it's, it was one of those starts of the game. Then you got two guys that didn't hardly blow a protection all season long and cap and Worf's miss passing off a stunt and then yeah. give up the sack. And it was just kind of like, all right, this was not the showing you wanted to have in your few plays. So it wasn't good. I mean, obviously I'm not saying it was you know, concerning or anything like that. I'm not going there. Like I think, which, you know, we're not saying anything about one drive, but right. the page was quickly turned to Gabbard, who I know you were uh, very happy to see. Well, I mean, he was the best quarterback tonight, right? <laughs> I mean, he was. There, there's no doubting that. I mean, I'm not saying he was the best quarterback on the roster by any means, but at the same time, uh, I mean, Blaine Gabbard, um, yeah, he was not perfect. Trust me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a Blaine Gabbard apologist. He missed some open throws. He did. I mean, you um, are. But <laughs> well, but I'm not. I'm being honest tonight. He was, right, he was right, only right. six of 11, right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah. and really, he should have been eight of 11. There was a couple oh, yeah. that were just complete misses. The receivers yeah. were open. Um, I, I think even the, the pass to McElroy um, right around the goal line, that should have been a better place ball. It probably would have given Cody McElroy a touchdown. Yep. McElroy ended up with a two-point conversion from, from uh, Kyle Trask. We'll get into that a little bit later. But um, 6 of 11 for 64 yards. Uh, the touchdown drive you know, was, was, a, was, was led by Mr. August. Tanner Hudson with a great catch down the middle. Uh, and that was a great throw by by Gabbard, probably his best throw of the night. And then you had, uh, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn punching in for a touchdown. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, 11 carries, 27 yards, 2.5-yard average. John, I'm telling you right now, I'm really concerned yeah. about the, the Bucks' running game. And, and it's yeah. just, it's not this is not a, a preseason game, number one, overreaction. They have not run the ball well in training camp. And part of that's because they're going up against the best run defense in the league. But I just don't think that there's a lot of confidence in the running game right now because they get their ass kicked in practice every day, right? Yeah. They just do. And so they're, they're not good at it in practice. And, it, and I don't care if it's the starters, the second string, the third string, 17 carries, 29 yards, 1.7-yard average. And I'm not surprised by that because the running game has, has not – been the star of camp at all now keep in mind this is going to be a um you know an afterthought in tampa right especially when you've got um you know when you've got uh, the quarterback whisperer as the head coach right right um a former nfl quarterback as your play caller oh and by the way the goat quarterback right tom brady right. so so why would you want to to run the ball when you've got that that triple-headed monster right there that is nothing but passing the ball right just just throwing the ball down the field so i i think they want the, the running game to be better yeah but but john do they do they practice it enough to be better i don't think they do uh, i i honestly scott i don't think it's going to change until they change what they do schematically the fact that they i right. mean they are and by the way matt materas hey matt hello everyone hi scott uh matt matero sorry about this light by the way we're in one of the coaches press box rooms it looks like we have Kind of a halo, depending on how we. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no. Oh, I oh my God, my, Marco could have, would have a field day. Oh, that's that. a, this is all he'd be doing the whole day. Exactly. 
<laughs> um, but no, it is, I mean, honestly, Scott, the fact that they just continue to bring bees to honey, like the way that they line up yeah. is just not conducive to creating space. Like I'm screaming to Matt. You I'm were like, yelling in the press box. You got Tanner Hudson on one side, Cody McElroy on the other. Like it's not going to work. Like what right. are you doing when you bring Tanner Hudson, Cody McElroy into the formation and you're running out of 12 for, for personnel with two tight ends and then you're bringing Tyler Johnson in tight. Like it's like, Okay, even if Tyler Johnson's a good blocking wide receiver, like why would you want to put him in a situation where he has to make a key block? Like you put him on the edge where like if yeah. he makes an okay block, it's good enough. Now he has to make a key block. Right. And so does Cody McElroy, and so does Tanner Hudson, and so do your 5-0 linemen. It just doesn't make any sense. You're creating variables, yeah, and it's killing your run game because you're bringing bees to honey, and you're making it way harder for running backs to find space. I mean, how many times yeah. did Vaughn stop his feet? Yeah, I was saying a lot that he was he was dancing a little bit too much in the backfield. But yeah. now that now that I had time to think about it, it was just more because he had nowhere to run. There was no hole to to really hit. And I was thinking too, not that I would ever ever suggest that the Bucks should do anything the way the Cincinnati Bengals do anything <laughs> in their career. But there was times with the Bengals' offense, they had guys in motion. They were like faking a sweep and then throwing yeah. the foot away or running the misdirection. Yeah. Guys roll out. Yeah, yeah right. misdirection. And I kind of thought like, huh, maybe the Bucs should do something on with that in the running game because well, it, it, it's very generic. Matt, you're bringing up a good point. I mean, the Bengals only rushed for 118 yards tonight. So, yeah, why not, right? Did they really run? Oh, uh, yeah, they hit some 118 yards. Yeah, yeah. early on, I don't think there was a whole lot of. But yeah, they. I mean, well, look at these. Yeah, they. I'm looking at the stats right now. Yeah, yeah. Jacquez Patrick, who's like the seventh string oh, yeah. back, had 71 yards tonight. Good for him. Yeah, he did. Um, we we had a super chat here from Eric Cullison. Uh, you guys couldn't have been more right. Uh, Leverett and Tryon way outplayed what I could have ever imagined for game one. Tryon. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. I'll talk about, about Leverett. I was really watching him a lot at left tackle. and He survived. Yeah, he survived, yeah. I, I think he's a guard. He's got a guard body. And I, and I, I liken him to Anthony yeah. Davis, former Bucks left tackle back in the mid-2000s. And Davis really had a guard body, too. He was 6'4", about 325, 330 pounds. And that's kind of how Nick Leverett's built. He's... He's, uh, you know, he doesn't look like a tackle. He looks like a guard. He, he plays like one. He's a scrappy guy, and he survived. He did okay. I'd like to see him a guard because I think he can really excel there. But, uh, but Tryon, guys, uh, talk about him. I mean, he 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 really flashed tonight. Whew. I mean, just explosive. Like, and I told this to Matt when we were sitting in the press box. I said, I think if he could just figure out how he wants to stand pre-snap. If you watch him, he's like ants in his pants. One leg's up, one leg's back, one yeah. leg's up. He's square, he's back. One leg, you know, it's like, and then his first step is all over the place because he was the same thing in college. Like, I just felt like he needs to find a stance and just trigger out of it. Like, even on the play where he gets the sack, you can see, like, he's so fast once he gets going. But the first step is, like, not that he isn't fast to react. He's fast to right. react, but he's taking a step backward to get his balance and then coming forward. And it's like those little wasted movements you don't notice. Yeah. The time, you know, guys, you get eight sacks, but in the NFL, it, it makes a lot of difference with the timing. I don't know this to be fact whatsoever, but I'm going to speculate here. I, I think that there's a chance that, that maybe Joe Tryon had a Celsius tonight. He was pretty jazzed up. Definitely yeah, this is the the tropical vibe. I had this one today to keep me up because it's way past my bedtime. It's midnight, right? Even <laughs> though it's a Saturday night, I'm an old man. But Celsius gives you the energy that you need without the crash, and that's what I love about it. I've, I've you know, John, you were not an energy drinker before you 
became a Celsius drinker. I was. I'm not going to name any any brands. Um, if Mark <laughs> Cook the were worst here, than Celsius. Yeah. If if Mark Cook were here, he might say um, bed roll, right? Yep. That that's, uh, he might say bed roll, right? That, that, that might be you know the the brand that I used to drink. But the problem is is whenever I would drink that, it'd be great for the first two hours. Then it's like this sugar hits and I just crash. It defeats the purpose. This is the energy that you need in Celsius. And whether it's tropical vibe, the orange flavor that I like, uh, the, the tropical, or I should say that the Celsius heat, um, the, the, the creamsicle, mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. fantastic flavors. I don't know how they pull it off, but when they say it's berry, or they say a strawberry guava or whatever they say, it tastes exactly like it. Mm -hmm. So. Um, make sure that you you log on to Amazon. Actually, the best thing to do is click those banners on Peter Report. They'll yep. take you to Amazon where you can buy them in bulk and save a bunch of money. If you don't know which flavor you like best and you want to to you know try one, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, put in your address. You'll have health and fitness stores, convenience stores, stores like Target and supermarkets pop up around you. Then go grab a couple cans and find which ones you like. And then when you've narrowed that down then go to amazon buy them in bulk and save a lot yep absolutely yeah just to, to go back to try on again and very good mark cook-esque segue there i tried god uh, yeah thank you i mean no no one could do a segue like mark cook of course, but, uh, of course. It, it was definitely yeah. uh it was definitely a respectable one but before try on sack even occurred he had about three or four rushes where man he was just like a step away from getting to the quarterback or or forcing the quarterback to to make an errant pass. So yeah. it was just a matter of time before you knew Tryon was going yeah. to, to get to the quarterback. And when he did, I mean, we like to use the term splash plays a lot and yeah, he got penalized, but I think we all know that that was a BS call. It was a clean hit. Yeah. He just hit him hard. And all of a sudden the NFL, if you hit someone too hard, it's a penalty. But, yeah. um, well, he funny. I asked Tryon after the game, I said like, what, you know, did you remember on the Javon Hagan interception, you had a great rush and you got up your hands yeah. up and you got, you caused the interception, I think. You couldn't see. And he was like, I don't even remember. <laughs> he was like, I just tried to play really hard and fast. He's like, all right, all right. And so yeah. he doesn't even remember how dominant he was. But, yeah, he played really well. I mean, obviously, I think there's probably no position that as you get further down the depth chart, it becomes more ridiculous to watch than offensive line. Like the, the drop-off, there's just so few guys that I think can really ball – especially a tackle. So I'm not putting too much stock into it, but I'm saying like you want to see the guy go out and make an impact. And I felt like the plays that he had a chance to make an impact, ball was coming out quick. Bengals have all, you know, short area passing guys, lots of screens, lots of easy right. stuff. There were not a lot of downfield shots from the Bengals tonight. Uh, they they were not very good at, at, at getting chunk plays. It, a lot of it was underneath stuff. Ball was coming out quick. Very few opportunities for sacks. When Tryon had chances to get pressure, he got pressure, and that's that's really what you want to see from him. So I thought he played well. And on the defensive line in general, Scott, I thought Khalil Davis had a pretty good game. Benning, yes, Coach Benning well, was really good. I, I did tweet Benning Potato because I'm just not trying to figure out where the apostrophe is. By the time you get to the fourth quarter, the first preseason game. Like, it's no, just I know how to say it, I know how to say it but I was spelling it on Twitter. <laughs> fourth quarter of a preseason game, I'm – Right. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not looking up for that apostrophe. And even Pat O'Connor got in the backfield a lot. Now, granted, oh he, was, he was missing tackles. Yeah. So he was he, in the he, backfield. So he has to clean that up, no doubt. Yeah. There's no question there. 
But, you know, half the battle is getting to the backfield in the first place. So I thought that was a good first step. He obviously needs to clean that up. But he had yeah, a really a good game. As a whole, okay. I thought the defensive if, line was yeah. you know, doing, their, and that's, doing their thing. I left K.J. Britt off the most disappointing, by the way. And you could check out most impressive players, most disappointing players, and other post-game analysis from the Peter Report crew over at PeterReport.com. Shameless plug. But I left K.J. Britt out of that after after thinking about it a little bit, Scott. I know we said he missed way too many tackles tonight, and that was an accurate statement. He's got to finish better, no question. Yeah. But I, I I said, man, rookie playing his first NFL game, mm-hmm. he was in the right place a lot, uh, which I think was really encouraging. I mean, he sniffed out a couple runs. He should have had two tackles for loss. Yeah. Um, he was in on one, and he missed another one. He missed another one to tackle down the field, and he, he did not play as well as he could have yeah. played. But I felt like his mental processing got him to the right place more sure. often than not. Well, and so also I too, like some credit for that. Yes, and I'll also give him credit for the fact that you know he ran down the field to recover that fumble, right? That Antonio Hamilton yeah. forced. So I mean, that was a play that was way down the field, and that ball squirted out five yards past where the fumble happened. So KJ Britt was hustling to the ball. Yes, That's what you like to see. Oh, no question that dude plays hard. I mean, he yep. and Joe Jones both, like, you're not getting oh, – and I'm sorry, but Joe Grant Stewart is way behind those guys in the linebacker battle. Like, it's yes. not yeah. close right now. Those guys are way ahead of him. And Joe Jones, he had the pick six. He's so funny in postgame. He was like, I, know. I mean, it's cover three. <laughs> I did, You know, and he's going over his rules. He's like, honestly, though, like he just, just threw, threw it right to me. <laughs> like, yeah. He just threw it right to me. Like, <laughs> But uh, he'll take it, obviously. Right. Said, but, uh, but here's, you know, the, here's the thing. He caught it, though. That's what you want, right? This, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to, you know, if, if you're there to, to make the play, you got to make it. And uh, that was his first touchdown in 10 years, he said. He, his last yeah, touchdown he said came his last in, high one was in high school when he yeah. was a, uh, a running back, I believe. But you know what? Jones has been a guy in training camp that he's actually done a solid job in in pass coverage. Like I remember uh, one of the practices indoors, Sean Murphy bunting had an interception, but he got the interception because Joe Jones made a play over the middle and he knocked the ball up and SMB came down with the interception. So, you know, we're talking about a guy that was able to take what he was doing in training camp and yeah. it translated perfectly in this situation uh, into the game and brought the Bucks some momentum that we thought made because – like that third quarter was abysmal for the Bucs. Like they were right. offensively, they were hardly on the field. When they were, they were turning the ball over. So the defense was backed up. And then when Jones got that uh, touchdown, I believe that was like the beginning of the fourth quarter. Things you thought were going to swing a little yeah. bit. Ultimately, they did not. But I mean, that was an impact play that at least kept the Bucs in the game until the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I don't know. I'm, I just want to cover the quarterbacks real quick because we everybody is I know we're going to talk about quarterbacks after every preseason game whether we should or we shouldn't like we already talked about Blaine so no reason to go in depth there we know what Blaine is really uh, we can't talk about Blaine anymore yeah <laughs> I know you probably want to talk about Blaine more but let's talk about Ryan Griffin because like okay. I mean come on I mean this guy's been around forever we we yeah. really don't need to see Ryan Griffin get a ton of preseason stuff we don't need to see him I playing. Agree. Over okay. Kyle Trask in practice, right? right? Like we don't need to see that. We give Kyle Trask some more reps with competent humans, so he can get his. He can get his. Can, I, he can get you his. Know what? I think that's going to happen based on tonight, because you heard Bruce was not yeah. happy with right. with Ryan Griffin, the veteran, throwing those those picks across the middle, and uh, and it wasn't like he was throwing it right to the defender. But the problem is he was throwing it to well covered receivers. The balls bounced up and into the hands. Uh, he threw into a crowd twice, and it cost him, and it cost the Bucks ten points. So I think what's going to happen tonight is, is because of that, you're going to see Ryan Griffin maybe not get much playing time at all in the second game, 
And I think you're going to see Kyle Trask get some time with the second string offensive line and mm-hmm. receivers rather than the third string guys because there were a ton of drop passes. Listen, Trask, if you if you look at just the stat sheet, you would think that Trask is just awful, just just trash, not Trask, but trash. Yeah. Four <laughs> completions out of 15 pass attempts, 35 yards, sacked twice. Um, but that really wasn't the case. I mean, he threw a, a dime down the field to Josh Pearson, and it just bounced right off his hands. That and was that like right in front a, of us in the, in the, at the 30 yard press box completion too. or something. I, I like how he yeah. pushed the ball down the field. There were several times where he, he really took the ball down the field a lot more than I, than I thought he was going to. And uh, I want to see him play with Jalen Darden, Scotty Miller, and Tyler Johnson. Give him those receivers. Mm rather than the Josh Pearsons, the Travis Johnsons, mm-hmm. and, and all that. That's what I want to I see agree. in this next preseason game and in the third preseason game. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I will say this. I, I think the one thing Kyle Trask does well is throw the deep ball. And I said that to you after the draft, Scott. I remember yeah. we talked about that at, at, at length the week after the draft. And I kept saying, like, people think say arm strength, and they like, oh, his arm strength doesn't look concerned there. And I knew they were going to say that when he threw his first long ball. It's not about throwing the ball for distance, and you hear me say this all the time. Everybody can throw the ball for distance in the NFL. You don't get to the NFL and not be able to throw the ball 40 or 50 yards in the air, and most deep balls are not 60 yards in the air like people think they are. Hardly any are. Most are are about 25, 30, 35, 40 maybe at most yards in the air, and everybody can throw that. That's not a challenge for NFL quarterbacks. That's not an arm strength test. Arm strength is velocity, and usually it's not about his his actual arm. It's about his mechanics. I can't. So when he throws, struggles to throw the ball with velocity to the outside of the field, yeah, it's an issue, but it's a mechanical issue. Like it's a flexibility issue. It's not like saying right. he's weak. Um, you know, those are different things. That's where the arm strength comes from is not having the mechanical flexibility to deliver that ball. Well, when Brady didn't throw it as well last year, it was largely because of, as we saw from Paul Atwell's article on the with the quarterback mechanics expert, uh, Maury Croson, that he that he interviewed, that that ball, a lot of the time when it was coming out, wasn't coming out with the same juice because of Brady's knee. Yeah. Now in practice, it's been like one of his best He's throwing it with the same velocity again, and that's the issue with Trask, I think. So arm strength, it's a very misunderstood thing when it comes to quarterback play. I'll keep trying to explain what I mean, but like he can throw the deep ball. He can throw the ball vertically yes. down the field. He has good touch on the ball. He can throw it that far. That's not an issue. The right. issue is kind of everything else. Like I he just isn't a super accurate or timely passer on the short areas underneath in the middle yeah. of the field. Those areas are condensed space. You have to throw with anticipation in the middle of the field. You have to throw with timing. You have to throw with accuracy and ball placement. You can't get away with a lot there. And we saw tonight just a lot of tight windows that should not have been that tight that he's just not really pacing the ball into with confidence. Um, so I don't really care whether Trask is better than anybody else. He just needs to play more than other people, and he needs to play with better players. Like we also saw, yes, there were some bad protection moments. Yeah. Also, he's completely incapable of escaping pressure. Like he's just he's, <laughs> he's not, not a playmaker. And so no. yeah. it's a built-in limitation that will always be there with him, which is why quarterbacks like Brady don't typically survive or thrive in today's NFL because – you need that escapability factor in the league today. If you can process like Brady or even like a Matt yeah, Ryan. I was going to say, it's all about processing. The processing get with it. can get you out of trouble. But, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Tom Brady here and Kyle Trask probably, I'm going to say here, but really it's like down here. Like right, and I'm not see it, ripping so. on Kyle Trask here, Gabriel. Yeah. I'm just telling you, like, this is it. Like, this is what he is. And so 
you've got to figure out ways to help him grow and what he can grow. And then if he can't grow in those ways, you've got to build a game plan around his limitations. He's not going to be an every throw is an answer type of quarterback. He's just not. Right. Like, so if you think he's the guy long-term, you better be willing to scheme some answers into the offense for him. That's all I'll say. Yep. Scott, I would love to know what was going through your head on Kyle Trask's first pass attempt. I don't know if you remember, he like held on to the ball for a while and then he yeah. threw it deep. Because in my head, I was just like, actually, I said it verbally out loud. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, he's holding the ball on for too long. I thought he was going to get sacked. Then he unleashes the deep ball. And now, yes. thinking, oh, <laughs> he's going to make a highlight real play that's going to go on Sports Center and stuff like yeah. that. Like, 60-yard touchdown pass, whatever. Um, it reminded me of a, another former quarterback that played here that uh, would hold on to the ball for a bit too long. Did he but, have any interceptions tonight? Yes, he did. Jameis Winston had one. But he I may have answered that question. I may have baited it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't exactly. actually watch him play. I didn't well, see well, well, listen. Speaking of of former Florida State quarterbacks, um, that there was there was a guy in town that that stuck up for Jameis as as long as he could. And of course, we're talking about the one and only Mark Cook. If you're just joining us, please join us Monday at four o'clock on the Peter Report podcast. We're going to be having um, Trevor Sikkim on. And uh, in addition to our current peer reporters talking about Mark Cook, remembering some funny times from a very funny guy. It kind of just kept us in stitches and kept you guys out there in, in Buckland uh, well entertained and informed about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, if you read the ticker below, he loved the Buccaneers and that passion came through in his reporting and storytelling. And that is so true, not just on PeterReport.com, but also on the Peter Report podcast, and we're going to have Trevor Sikama join us because, boy, back when it was called the Peter Nation podcast, uh, uh, those two went at it. I mean, you're talking about a Florida State guy and a Florida guy, you know, yeah. going at it, captain and interruption. Uh, it was, it was, it was great. Uh, those, those were some legendary podcasts we had. It was the so, wild, wild west. At uh, it was. You didn't know what you were going to get with Mark Cook on the podcast. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. I, I also do, uh, I don't know if you guys discussed this yet, but uh, I just want to thank uh, the Buccaneers organization again. Um, they did a great the job. tribute and the, the honor that they did for Mark today between the video tribute, moment of silence in the press box before the game, and then they, they had a press box seat for him, and they decorated it with, with flowers and a lot of pictures, most of them being from like different segments of what's cooking and then the, the yeah. London trip that you guys went on. And the, and the Florida State mug, and then the, all those were out. And then uh, Danielle was part of the, the Bucks PR department. The last thing she took out was the the chef's hat, the infamous chef's hat that Mark wear a lot on what's cooking. And it, like as soon as I saw it, I like laughed and was ready to cry at the same exact time because uh, it was just a great way to just show the type of person that Mark was. You know, so. Funny, and you know we'll talk about a lot of this on Monday. But like, you know, as sad as everything is right now, you, you still think of like those super funny moments with Mark too. And yeah, that chef's hat was just like a chef's kiss. Yeah, uh, no pun intended. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And we'll tell a lot of those stories. Obviously, I know one of the guys that has been kind of mentioned Mark on Twitter and, and has said some things or retweeted some things. And um, I know that 
got along with Mark really well and, and enjoyed Mark in the locker room was Tanner Hudson. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was fitting. I Mr. Thought August. Mr. August, say, August yeah. came out, had a great game tonight. Um, yeah. And in response to some criticism, granted it was about his blocking for sure, but Tanner Hudson's ability to kind of, I don't, I don't know, I would say respond because Bruce Aarons did specifically address the blocking and I don't know right. how he fared. <laughs> Cody McElroy looked much better than him in that regard tonight, but, I, it's hard to let a guy go that can catch the ball like Tanner Hudson can, I know. You know, like with the way the position is moving. And I know Arian's offense, and it's typically required different things of tight ends. I think he is trying to change. We saw a little bit of that even toward the end of the year last year, where Gronkowski played more in line than he'd ever played in his life before. But in the playoffs, we saw him split out wide a little bit more, and you know we saw Cam Braid split out wide, and we've seen it in practice too. I think we can say that now. Um, but yeah, I think that <laughs> there's definitely. Um, something to Tanner Hudson. It just how many years are you willing to kind of go for him? Five catches, 50 yards tonight. Uh, frankly, I thought on his other three targets that weren't completions, he kind of made it look closer than it should have been yeah. um, because they weren't very good throws. Uh, he made some plays tonight, no question. Cody McElroy obviously made a great play on the two-point conversion. Um, that was one of the catches of the night. I said this, Buck's tight end room had not really played that well in camp. But O.J. Howard had a big catch and run tonight. Yeah. McElroy had the big two-point conversion. Hudson had the biggest night of probably any offensive player led the, in this game. You know, led the team in receptions right. and receiving. So, them, so definitely an impressive performance for that. Eric, I see you. Uh, Brad Seaton did not show himself well. He should have been in the most disappointing. That's uh, an oversight on my part. Well, actually, I wrote it, and I was going down, and I saw he gave up the last sack. And I was like, dang, he should have, I should have put him in there. Um, that's right. There's but, still time, John. You can edit it. There's an that's right. Maybe I'll throw him in there, yeah. <laughs> but he did not play well. You're right. Yeah. And he really needed to play well. Yeah. Um, and he has he has not looked good in camp either, by the way. Yeah, it's I, he's in competition for a 10th spot if there is one, maybe a practice squad spot yeah. more likely. I don't think that he's going to make the roster. But, Eric, I appreciate you bringing up Rodney Adams being better than Stacey Cooley. This is a locked on NFL draft thing. <laughs> it goes way back to when Trevor and I were hosting locked on NFL draft. And I don't remember all the context, but apparently I said Stacey Coley, a wide receiver from Miami, was better than Rodney Adams. Neither have been good in the NFL. I don't think either were high on my board. But Rodney Adams made a great catch on a pass from Justin Fields uh, today, and so Eric's probably not going to let me stop hearing about it for a while. <laughs> but Eric also wants to know, how is Tanner Hudson not talking to Cam Brate more? That's because a great point, and, and I'll tell you what, Cam Brate is, is really a self-made man, especially in the weight room. He's worked extremely hard. Um, and you know, listen, when Cambrade got to Tampa, he's probably 235, 238, something like that. Very similar to, to Tanner Hudson in terms of size. But, mm -hmm. but you know, Cam Cam has maxed out his ability, right? I mean, he's, he's not the most talented tight end in the, in the NFL. He's number two tight end. That's really what he is, right? Number three on this team, but he's number two probably on a couple other teams. But he's a self-made guy who gets every he gets every bit of of ability out of himself, mm -hmm. and he's hit the weight room and added 15 pounds of muscle. He's gotten better as an inline blocker. Is that going to be his forte? Absolutely not. But he's gotten better, and I think that's the message Eric uh, is talking about sending, and and that's the message the Bruce Arians has talked about too. Honestly, is he? It's like you've been around this this place for a couple years now, and the improvement has not been there. You've regressed. Right, it's actually a big story on PeterReport.com. Yeah. Um, but that's that's uh, that's that's something that that needs to happen. Yes, he can catch the ball, but but it's it's you got to be able to do more to make this team. 
<laughs> Charlie Abrams. Yeah, I was just reading that one too. Never gonna forget about John trying to get rid of Brayton in his offseason battle plan for Mercedes freaking Lewis. <laughs> hey, at the time we're trying to cut costs, buddy. I don't think you thought everybody was coming back to this team either. We're trying to cut costs to save some people's jobs. I didn't realize right. that they were gonna bring back everybody without worrying about that. So yeah, no, I mean I still think in terms of what Bruce Aaron's offense typically likes to accomplish. Cam Brady is a tricky fit, but it's always funny to me. One thing I've learned about Arian since being here is that he's always prioritized. He's prioritized a lot of the people rather than the fits. Like he's he's changed what he needs to, or he's given Leftwich more control to change what he needs to in order to make players fit. That in other in the past, Cam Brady would not have fit a Bruce Arians type of offense. Like it would have right. not been a good fit at all. Um, and somebody like Mercedes Lewis would have been a good fit. But we're really learning that he's. He's really fond of the continuity, but also having the right people. That's amazing listening to like Joe. Everybody they bring in is just like, I mean, just polished and sharp yeah. and smart and loves the game and great locker room. I mean, Gio Bernard and Joe Jones. And he was awesome guys. to talk to. Yeah, today. he's great. Like, they just have a, a, just one of the most likable teams and locker rooms I think you could ask. No them. doubt about it. So, yeah, and it's it's a real shame we're not going to be able to do open locker room again this year because there's a lot of great characters in this locker room. Yeah. But um, so Gabriel's got a question here, John. What do you it's think? It's a great question. Um, yeah. I mean, the Bucks didn't really have too many put in turn opportunities in the first place. I know, right? Jaden, because a lot of the times, like all the turnovers that the Bucks were getting, the well, one, they're turnover, so they're, you're not going to punt it. But the Bengals had a lot of drives into the red zone that settled for, you know, field goals and the, the touchdowns that they scored. I know yeah. Jaden Mickens had a punt return, but outside of that, I, I don't really recall too many punts that, that the Bengals had that the Bucs yeah, had a chance to return. Here's something I'm writing about in my, my uh, two-point conversion column for tomorrow. Special teams was a big emphasis this offseason. Oh. And they were just awful tonight, especially. That kick return went pretty much to midfield. Jeez. Yeah. I wrote about this already. Remember Bucks brief? I wrote Bucks yeah. had the worst kickoff return or kickoff coverage team in NFL yes. history by the numbers. Yes, it was a small sample size because they kicked the ball to the end zone most times because they're horrible at covering kicks. Correct. But they were the worst ever in terms of average number of yards allowed per kick for a yep. full season. There's never been anybody worse. And they right. picked up right where they left off. That's right, 26-yard average yep. I mean, for the Bengals, including a 40-yarder by Phillips. Conversely, on the other side, the, the Bucks averaged a whopping 17.4 yards. Right, and listen, Keyshawn, also, Keyshawn Vaughn is not a return guy. Yeah. He averaged 14 yards per return on three kickoffs. The rotation kickoffs. of it was weird, too, where it went Darden to Vaughn Twice, well, I think and then Mickens, Mickens but I just think tired of Vaughn. So, like, well, all right, th- we're putting Mickens there. They know what Mickens can do. Yeah. I think, like, yeah. that that was probably the rationale. Let's get Vaughn out there with some of the other guys that are higher up in the special teams, give him a look. He was just terrible. No, I'm fine with that. You try stuff in preseason, absolutely. You see if it works. I mean, you can't get live special teams reps in practice, so you only you have to try that stuff in preseason. That's great. I'm totally fine with that. Griffin greatness. I'm sorry we have talked about yeah, Ryan Griffin. He wasn't great. Not to the he wasn't the great. Not tonight. Yeah, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear it, Griffin greatness, but we did talk about him. I'm sorry. I apologize. Griffin I love greatness. you. I respect That's what you fantastic. do. I respect you keeping it alive for Ryan oh my Griffin. God. He was trying to kill it tonight, and he uh, he might have killed your account tonight with his performance. But anyway, yes, I think in the return game, I get why you're trying stuff with Vaughn. My bigger issue is like. I'm, I'm again. I'm not trying to harp on Keith Armstrong, but what the heck are we like? How do we not have it communicated 
what yeah. we're doing in extra point situation. Mm-hmm. Like I was okay with it when I thought, okay, they're just trying to line up and they don't care about the point yeah. in the preseason, like whatever. Like how is that not communicated? And Bruce Arians took the blame for it tonight, yeah, but like, how no, is he supposed to – That's not his fault. That's Keith Armstrong's I mean, fault. Right. Like, and Ryan Suckup's not like a rookie. Like yeah. we're really not communicating to him that like he can't be kicking the ball from – like, like I'm so confused how yeah. that happens. Like, yeah, I know it's preseason, but that was a, that's egregious in my mind. Like, sure. I mean, he he should get yelled at for that because I just think that there's no way you can even in preseason you got to have that square away. They're lucky it was in preseason, but like you can't be costing a point because you don't know the rules. Uh, yeah, that was crazy to me. Bruce was very frustrated. Clearly, I don't think he yes. actually thought it was his fault, but he took the blame for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I get a funny feeling that tomorrow, like the the, the team meeting is going to start off with. Now, listen here, you sons of you know what's. I, I just took the blame for that, but yeah. it was, you, you dumbasses, not me. That was they were making you know, yeah, making me look bad like that. And and it was. It's like if you're gonna, like he said, if you're gonna go out there for the the, the fake, you know, uh, for the two point conversion, like yeah. go out there and do it. Don't don't sit there and and, right. and break the rules by you know. Uh, trying to kick from the two-yard line. you got to back yeah. up to the 15. And there were good things tonight, too. I mean, I, we mentioned Darden as the returns. You know, there wasn't a whole lot to see there. But as a receiver, you know, I, I thought he didn't get a chance on a lot of balls. Yeah. You know, there was one I did think he slowed up on. It was, I think it was a Griffin deep shot. I, th- I thought Griffin gave him actually a decent ball. There you yeah. go, Griffin greatness. Uh, he gave him a decent <laughs> ball down the sideline. And I, I really thought Darden had a shot. I think he slowed up and looked back too early and didn't track it very well. So that one's yeah. on him. I thought later he ran by his guy and played it right, and Griffin still overthrew him. Again, arm strength, right? Yeah. <laughs> Brian Griffin's got one of the worst arms in the NFL, but he can throw the ball far. That's not what it's about. But uh, I thought Darden, when he got opportunities to make plays after the catch, right? That's why you yes. want him. Oh, overall, he, yes. got a, he got a ton of targets overall, which I think that was encouraging. Like right. he, he had a solid game that I don't think good enough to make most impressive, but right. they're already looking his way, and it was multiple quarterbacks looking his way too. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great sign moving forward for Jalen Darden. You know what? I think when you look at, at, at the rookies, right, I, I think that, I think that the, the key draft picks all made a really good play, right? The try on sack. I mean, that was a sack. That was not yeah. a – that was a BS bad call, right? But that was a sack. That was a hell of a nice play, right? Then then that Darden quick screen yep. – right, it wouldn't even a screen, but it's just like a, a smoke route mm. um, where he made the guy miss, pick up a first down. Like that. that was a great play. Yep. Uh, K.J. Britt was Johnny on the spot, hustling downfield, recovering that fumble is a big takeaway. Yeah. And then Trask. I mean, his best throw of the night was – was kind of rolling out and then you know throwing that lofty touch pass to the back of the end zone for Cody McElroy. I mean that was a, that was a beautiful NFL caliber pass, and and then he should have had the deep completion to Josh Pearson that was on the money. Um, so I, I was encouraged by those plays from the rookies in their first NFL game, and you know that the jitters were happening tonight. You know what I'm encouraged by, Matt? What's that? Jim? I'm encouraged by one of our newest sponsors on the Peter Report podcast living golf life these guys have been a blast to get to know they're huge bucks fans they were at the game tonight they no, were one at of the them game. were they yeah and uh, they've Mike got Bush a they've got a great website livinggolflife.com that you all should check out because they've got some amazing golf equipment they've got what they got koozies glasses polos, polos. Hats, great logo they got a uh, golf ball as as the o in uh, in golf life but while it's a while it's a golf brand it's also a lifestyle brand because yeah. Golf, 
can be a super frustrating game because you're taking a million swings. But you don't have to be a great golfer to just enjoy the game. It's all yeah. about being outside, having drinks with your friends and family, just enjoying the outdoors. And that's what they encapsulate with Living Golf Life. They just want you to go out, enjoy yourself, have fun, and wear awesome swag and merchandise while you're out there. They got, like we said, great polos, hats, koozies, mugs, everything you want. They got it right there. You go to livinggolflife.com. Check out their Instagram as well, at livinggolflife. They always do uh, fun giveaways where they'll post a picture and say, caption this, and the best comment will win either a free koozie or you know whatever merchandise they decide. So it's, it's a super fun website, a super fun uh, company that just started in 2021. And uh, if you're a golf fan, definitely please go check it out because uh, they got a lot of great stuff. And new merchandise coming out soon as well, too. For sure. You know, I, we mentioned Darden. We mentioned Giovanni Bernard, I think, being exciting. And, again, little snippets with these guys, but two third down conversions for Gio. It's just exactly what you want. You know, again, you're taking the linebacker and you're finding ways to create space separation. Your hands are up. You're catching the ball. You're getting upfield. It doesn't seem like a lot. But it is. It's huge. These are the plays they didn't have last year yeah. on first down, second down, third down. And Giovanni Bernard can do it. He can do it consistently. The Bucks are going to use it. They're going to use it more than the Bengals used it. Um, when they had Giovanni Bernard, I mean, I'm telling you all, this was a huge signing. I've said it from the beginning. Yep. I think that this signing changes a lot for this team. Not because Giovanni Bernard is this elite, unreal player. But because the guys they had last year were so horrible at this, and they probably still are, and I think Giovanni Bernard is a difference maker in that way. Tom Brady's going to have some flashbacks on third down. He's going to think he's throwing the ball to, to Deion Lewis or James White, right, or Rex Horkhead, you know, or Kevin Falk back in the day. Mm -hmm. And is Giovanni Bernard playing that role in this offense for Tom Brady? And what, it, what it's going to mean is more first downs. Third down conversions That's what it's going to mean. It's going to mean more scoring opportunities for a team that averaged over 30 points per game last year. That's exciting. And Giovanni Bernard, I think, is going to play a big role. I agree, John. And John, what did you guys think of Keyshawn Vaughn? I mean, uh, we'll talk about Javon Hagen in a second because yeah. he's one we definitely want to touch on, Ty. Yeah. But, like, real quick while we're just stick finishing off the offensive players, basically, yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn tonight, thoughts? What do you think, Scott, as you were watching him from home? You know, I, I thought he was okay. Two catches, ten yards, seven yard catch. You know, he was he was yeah. okay. Um, you know, again, it's it's part of this is the running game. It's yeah. you know, it's the fact that he he didn't get the benefit of running behind Ali Marpet, right, or Alex Kappa or Tristan Wirfs. I mean, he was in with the second string. And there's there's you know, a couple guys to get excited about. We saw Sidarius Hutcherson go out early. With uh, what uh, Bruce Arian said, looked like an MCL injury, so he's probably going to be out for the rest of the preseason and probably destined for the practice squad. They like him, but he's he's a project. Um, yeah, he. I mean, you know, I, I, I think I think Leverett's probably you know a, a backup worth keeping, but I mean, you know, there's just not a not a lot to be excited about in that second and third offensive line group. And Vaughn really had to run behind him, and he averaged. 2.5 yards per carry. So I'd like yeah. to see Vaughn, like we talked about, I'd like to see Trask with better supporting cast. I'd like to see Vaughn get some carries with the starters, right? Maybe give him Why a not? series. Yeah. I mean, what the heck are you going to – I mean, what do you need to see Leonard run into everybody's back for another – to know what he is? Like, we know. We, we get it. We get it. This is what he is. So yes, you need two exactly. yards, we get you two yards. 
But I just wonder what Vaughn can be, and I think it's worth finding out uh, with other people. You know, yeah, he did have the drop. Gabriel mentions, I agree with you, Gabriel. Like, you know, again, the ball got on him a little quick, but you got to be ready. It's been something he's talked about getting better at. Um, he, he wasn't perfect. He was far from perfect tonight, but he caught the ball well. He read his blocks well on that screen, got a first down. He was competent. You know, he was um, tonight, and it was better. And he's always been a confident dude, too. So, I, you know, I wonder with guys like that, they just need – a few more opportunities here and there, but yeah, I mean, again, like I just can't, if you continue to bring everybody into the box, every time you run the football, I just don't know how many, you're just not going to. John, this is, this is what really surprises me with, with a guy that likes to go three wide receivers as much as, as Bruce does, maybe even four receivers. Why not spread the field? and yeah. give the running back some alleys to run through. Maybe even yeah. widen the, the splits a little bit because when you bring in the double tight set, right, and you're not fooling anybody, and I just don't see the people movers up front. you got to remember the, this offensive line, their forte is pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a pass-first offense. It's what they do best. Running is secondary, and this offensive line is okay. They can produce a 100-yard ground game. We've seen that. But – it's not something to be expected every time because that's not their forte. And Fournette started the game tonight, so he did. There you go. Second on the depth chart, but yeah. uh, <laughs> back to square yeah. one there. Just when I thought they were phasing him out in practice. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Javon Hagen because boy, this guy. I mean, left, right, up, down. You know, he had everything. He, did. <laughs> he was all over the place. He was all over the place. Yeah, he he, he, had, he was yeah all the good and all the bad. He was it was the best of times. It was the worst of times with Javon Hagen tonight. In right, one fellas? game, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, he missed most tackles probably of anybody in the team. wasn't for lack of effort though. He hits people. He just has to remember to wrap up. I'm, I'm yeah. okay with it. That, right. That's well, a pet peeve of mine when players don't wrap up. There's a one he just dove yeah. at the guy. It's like, yeah. Ah, you Tried just to chop his legs around him. You right. stop him or you at least slow him down. Yeah. Like, yeah, Bruce Arians called tonight uh, the worst tackling he thinks he's seen in 10 years. Yes. Yeah. is given to some hyperbole. He said yeah, a lot of yeah. guys put a lot of bad things on tape, he, yeah, especially he said, the younger He players. said a lot right. of young guys should be embarrassed with what they did in this game. Right. Oh, I would love to be a fly on the wall this. for tomorrow's meeting, right? I mean, I'd love to see the behind yeah. the scenes for that. Now, yeah, here, here's the thing. Again, look at the stat sheet. We talked about – you know, Kyle Trask, how the statue didn't tell the whole story. You look at the statue, Javon Higgins was the second leading tackler behind um, uh, Hamilton, the cornerback, Antonio Hamilton, who had a fantastic game. We'll talk yeah, about yeah, him in a second. Very well. yeah. yeah, seven tackles for Hamilton, a tackle for loss, a forced fumble. I thought he played really well. Hagan was the second leading tackler, tied with Kinley. At six tackles, three tackles for loss, most on the team. Yes. An yes. interception, a pass Terrific defense. Terrific line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> – <laughs> but, but he fumbled his only interception or his interception and he missed several other tackles. But overall, I told Matt, I, knew, I think did you put him in the winners for I did. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. was in the winners for this game. I mean, I, and it was very deserved. Cause to like me. that like, fumble, it's not like, that's not going to be a common occurrence that he's just running down yeah, the yeah, field right, and like, right. Oh, I, I right. we're, we're overreacting it. Cause you know? that's what we are. We overreact to negative things, but come on. I mean, yeah. how many more, if he gets 10 picks in his NFL career, which is unlikely, yeah. but, how many is he going to fumble? Like, we're not actually right. worried about that in terms of a It was a beautiful interception. I mean, he's like yeah, right? one-handed. Right. Yeah. He, he's yeah. Clearly, he had a good night. I, I, yeah. There were some bad results, but clearly he had a good night. I think it was a very encouraging game for him. I know Bruce will talk about the missed tackles. 
But remember, this guy hasn't played football in a while either. I mean, he didn't right. really get to play last year, no preseason games. And then he wasn't, wasn't like he was playing every week. I think he only played it suited up for a couple games, yeah. special teams. So he's not tackling in practice. So, I mean, yeah, there's you definitely have like a, a you know, a readjustment period with him. I'm willing to give him some grace to figure it out. I thought, I thought he looked like he should be the, the fourth safety and they should keep four safeties, put Cockrell back. I mean, Cockrell could play safety if they need him yeah. in the game, but keep your five corners with Hamilton, who did play great. You're right tonight, especially in run support. Right. Very impressed with all the yes. best corners in run support. Cameron yeah. Kinley. I mean, Herb Miller had three tackles in run support. Yeah. They were great plays. The Bengals were trying to get outside. They could not they, get outside. They could not get outside. It was, the perimeter run defense play. It was, it was, good. Was, was phenomenal. It really was. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, defensively, the Bucks really played well the whole night. The, the drive that the Bengals scored their only touchdown on was what? It was, uh, you know, there was a, the, the Hagen the interception, the Joe right. Tryon penalty. That was the Antonio Hamilton penalty on that one? The, the was pass Jamel, interference. Jamel Dean pass interference down here that was uh, like – I, I mean, you know, it, it was right. – And you got to keep in mind, both of those Ryan Griffin interceptions were on the Bucks side of the field. So they yeah, had, they had right. just two short fields to have right. to defend, and that was 10 points they right. gave up right there. Their defense played great all night. I thought – I know late in the game the run defense got leaky with a couple – that was the last drive, really. Yeah. That was the worst drive. But, I mean, at that point, who cares? Like, right. I thought sustainably what they had to put on tape was pretty good defensively for the most part. Um, and I think that most of their, again, their D line just has a really high floor. Like Benning Potawai is out there in the late in the game and he's kind of wrecking fools, like physically yeah, manhandling yeah. guys. Like yes. Pat O'Connor's in the backfield all the time. If he could just freaking finish, you know, I mean, there was guys like that getting in the backfield that, that like are fringes on this team. They were kind of like, man, like they just have guys that are physically very competent. Like they aren't going to get bodied up front by many teams, especially in a preseason yeah. game by like guys who aren't going to yeah. make another team's roster. They're going to win those battles more often than not. And that was pretty evident tonight. Yeah, speaking of not making the roster, John Franklin's still out with an injury. Jeez. <laughs> what a segue there. That segue cookie. Did you like that Goodness one? Gracious. Yeah. He'd have been proud of that. Yeah, he would have been proud of that. <laughs> I'm proud of that. That's pretty good. John Franklin, though, yeah, not making the roster. He is still yeah. out with injury. He's still on the team. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what the story is there, but – yeah. Uh, no, I thought so. I thought, yeah, the, those guys impressed defensively tonight. And the secondary battle was one to watch. Interesting thing. I don't know. May mean nothing. Scott, you've been around longer than matter. I in this biz. Not that you're old at all, but just want to point out to you. <laughs> sure I am. Just, <laughs> just want to point out to you that Jamel yeah. Dean was out there with the yeah, second was, and some really teamers, like late in the second quarter. It was a little yeah. bit weird. Got a penalty. What, what that tells me is that Jamel Dean needed some more work. I think that's Todd Bowl sending a little bit of a message saying you need some more work, son. And yeah, I um, think so. you know, because listen, this team has corners. You've got D. Delaney, you've got Cameron Kinley, right? You've got uh, you know Antonio I Hamilton. I mean, there's there's plenty of back end corners that he could have been playing instead of Jamel Dean. So right. I think I think that was a you know Jamel Dean. You need some more work. You need some more reps. You know, and um, uh, it was it's funny. It's always funny listening because I was I was at home tonight. It was, it was funny listening to Rondé Barber. Um, called the game, right, as a former defensive back. And, you know, he was, you know, like, that's not a penalty in Jamel Dean. You know, and D Delaney, that's not a penalty. That's an interception, you know, just like a spoken like a true DB. Yeah. So right. uh, I don't know if Delaney's was. I honestly, I, it's so hard when you're because you're tweeting yeah. and checking sure. stats. And, yeah. you know, I didn't really get to see a great replay yeah. of Delaney's. Dean's was a hold, but 
it happens all the time. He didn't. Well, need it, to do yeah, it. He it was a hold, but there was also a push off too. That's kind of yeah. what Rondé was saying. It's like that's one of those where, like, when both guys right. are guilty of the infraction, you keep the flag in the pocket. Yeah. And, right. uh, so. Again, officiating was not a not a highlight of night <laughs> so for sure. It was um, absolutely awful. Yeah. Uh, defensively, I, I, I don't know I, if there I, anybody I mean, else. I can describe the officiating in, in – I was going to say two words, but it's really two letters, BS, just complete BS. It was awful tonight. Yeah. Speaking of uh, not BS but BG, our friends over at Briar Greaves. Damn, Briar Greaves They have stayed in business for over 30 years, and they don't. you don't do that if you're not doing something right, Scott. Briar Greaves does a lot of things right, but none more than giving exceptional personal service to their insurance customers. We all need insurance, whether it's life, homeowners, auto, or even commercial insurance. Briar and Sam Greaves and their staff are the best in the area and big Bucks fans. It will literally take you 10 minutes to get a quote or compare your current policy, and that 10 minutes can turn into hundreds of dollars in savings. Don't wait. Call Briar Greaves today, 813-876-4166, and find out how much money you can put back in your pocket. 30 years in the business and Bucks season ticket holders Call Briar or Sam today. John, that was a hell of a segue. Mark Cook would be proud of that for sure. I did it for you. Did, you did a great job. About it. Yeah. Listen, speaking of Mark Cook, I've got some exciting news. It is now 12.50 a.m. here on Saturday. Well, I was going to say Saturday night, Sunday morning. And uh, his GoFundMe page, while we are here you know, on air live, has just gone over $12,000. Wow. 13 people have donated so far. So that's that's fantastic. Thank you. That's great. Keep it up. $5, $25, $200, whatever you can donate. I mean, cookie's worth it. And um, just we want to see that that goal get reached of $30,000. And I think it's going to happen. But it doesn't happen without your involvement. So uh, if you can, please donate. Um, greatly help the Cook family and, uh, and Daisy Charlotte. Um, they, they could use the support for bills and expenses. Um, so yeah. thank, thank you. Thank you guys for helping us uh, get over $12,000 for that yeah. Good job. So, I mean, I don't think we have, we'll have podcasts this upcoming week. So we'll talk more about some of this stuff, but at the same time, you know, we do, we have this podcast for cookie on, on 4 PM on Monday where we'll remember him and, uh, and a memorial po podcast that we'll do here and tell those stories. And like you mentioned, Trevor will be on that show as well. So, uh, that'll be something we're obviously looking forward to honoring him in that way on Monday. And then, you know, we'll have practices pick up again next week and there'll be practices against the Titans starting Tuesday. So the next time we really talk a lot of bucks um, will be Tuesday. And so we'll be talking about those practices really. And so just any final thoughts that we want to have to kind of wrap up things on this, on this preseason game, any big takeaways you have things that you really want to see, you need to see fixed or changed or worked on, uh, as they head back, as the Bucks head back to practice with another preseason game a week. From I, I, I would say three things really kind of stand out to well four. Uh, the first one is special teams still need a lot of work. Um, yeah, coverage, returns, kicking, I mean everything. Uh, it needs work. Uh, the second thing I, I think is um, I want to see Kyle Trask get elevated and play with better talent, and also Keyshawn Vaughn. I think those are those are some important things. Um, I, I also think too that that you know I'm, I'm look, I always like splash plays in the preseason because it, it it's it's how guys make the team and uh, I thought that this guy made a hell of an impression tonight Joe Jones right yeah. I think KJ Britt is the inside track for for the fourth and final linebacker spot but this guy keeps flashing like that it might make the coaches go whoa hold on here 
let's let's rethink about it. let's you know i mean and i might make him do that too because he hasn't scored in 10 years so yeah, i know <laughs> he keeps flashing he might yeah. he might think that about himself too because yeah i don't know if it's gonna happen often scott with joe jones but i do know i think that this is a guy that could be your fourth you know special teams ace it, they've got a lot to think about this do they keep five linebackers my roster prediction on friday said they keep five linebackers and on one hand it's going to be some type of unorthodox roster construction in the back end, right? Because yeah. right now the receivers don't play special teams other than as return guys. Like they don't play on the coverage units right. unless Tyler Johnson's going to surprise us. I know he was on kick coverage at one point tonight, but I mean, come on, like that's not going to be, I know he made a tackle, but I think he also lost his assignment and then made the tackle. And so, um, yeah. but no, I just, I mean, that's not going to be where any of these guys really cut their teeth for at the wide right. receiver spot. And they're probably all going to make the team. So we really need, to figure out kind of, okay, where are they going to load up for special teams guys? And it might yes. be linebacker, right. but at the same time you need gunners. And if Keyshawn That's Vaughn, right. who made a great play as a gunner, he started yeah. the game as a gunner tonight. If you, you made a great play, if you could be a gunner on this team, then you're going to get a hat on game days because they right. really have a spot that's open, maybe two, really. I mean, it could be Vaughn yeah. and Hamilton, and that would be right. great. And you go back and look at Ryan Smith. He got a hat every game because he was a special teams yep. gunner, right? That was, that was his thing. Um, uh, Head Heiswell uh, wants to know where do we go to donate? Uh, it's it's the there's a link in the YouTube description. Yes, uh, link in the YouTube description. Yeah. You can also go to to our Peter Report Twitter account. We'll be tweeting that out throughout the weekend and also on Monday as well. Uh, it's a GoFundMe page for Mark Cook. Um, you know, here's the the address one more time for tonight. Um, it's long, but like John says, you can click on it in the YouTube description, and you can also find it on our Peter Report Twitter account. And it's over $12,000 now, which is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you click that link in the YouTube description. I think that should bring you to the most, that's probably the most easy way to, to get it. And we <laughs> always appreciate Eric. He's always so generous with the super chats. Eric, we yeah. really appreciate this. Yeah, I love West Coast, so I'll have to listen to the playback, but hopefully this super chat can help with whoever takes over Mark Cook's camera because, man, it was awful. So we never even told the camera stories. We used to say that, like, if you super chat donation, it'll go toward Mark's camera. Well, we got cameras, but for you and Mark have like computers that were like too old to like yeah. work with the camera. So you needed new computers or something like that. True. Yeah. So I'm the only one that ends up actually using the camera. We have yeah, it. I know. Yeah. But we just don't use it because uh, of that reason. We totally forgot about that. To yeah, we, we bought it and haven't used it, but I'm, I'm going to be yeah. getting an upgraded computer and so I'll be able to use it too. I'll be a little bit more high def, which may or may not be a good thing as Mark would say. <laughs> um, so uh, here, here's one thing we, we do. And listen, we appreciate those super chats, uh, Eric. We really do. Um, what we're, what we want people to do is on Monday show, you might be compelled to do super chats. We ask that you do not do any super chats on Monday. Um, there's not going to be any com commercialization whatsoever. No commercials, no super chats, nothing. If you want to donate, please don't donate to Peter report. Not on Monday. Donate to the Mark Cook GoFundMe page. That's where we want all the, the donations that are Mark related to go because that's where it deserves to go to the family. So um, appreciate your super chats uh, always, uh, Eric and everybody else who, who uh, is, is inclined to give us a, a little uh, tip, if you will, for our coverage. We appreciate that. But we don't uh, want that on Monday. We want uh, your, your generosity to go to Mark um, and the, uh, the GoFundMe page that his family have, have set up. So 
Yeah. And we appreciate you donating to the GoFundMe, Eric. That means yeah. a lot for sure. Nate says, still waiting in the $100 super chat because yeah. the reward was Mark shaving initials in his chest hair, which now yeah. falls on John. Only problem is, Nate, you're looking at a manscaper here. So I'm going to have to let myself go for a while, Nate. If you oh want that result. I don't know if Mark ever manscaped quite as much as he might have put on that he did. I do have like the side of your head. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to get creative for that, Nate, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that, sure. I think that I think that uh, in terms of wrapping up our final thoughts for the show, Matt, actually, I'll let you go. I don't know if you want to add anything you want to throw out there. Uh, really just kind of what you what you said, Scott, about special teams. So many things need to get cleaned up. Uh, but really – The tackling, too. That's my other point. Yes. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, my big takeaway, though, is just as far as the starters and guys like that, the difference that Giovanni Bernard has made in like three or four series of offense is it's very paramount right away. Like how big of a role and an impact he's going to have this team. The fact that, yeah, he only made two receptions, but he didn't play that much, obviously because preseason, but the fact that they were both on third down and they converted a, a first down, uh, I think he's due for a very, very, big role in, in, in the, the way the Bucks are going to use him. I think he's, he yeah. has the potential to be like the impact player on a team that's like already very talented. That's a great point. Um, Gabriel has a final question. What are you looking for in preseason game two? As I'll a tell you what I'm looking for, Gabriel. Oh, go ahead, okay. Scott. I was going to say as a defensive-minded guy, as a guy yeah. that loves the trenches, right, that's especially defensive line, I want to see Former some Former Pop defensive coordinator. Of course, defensive line yeah. coach, John. That's where my, my bread is, was buttered. Yeah. Right. Sacks. Give me sacks. So there was there was one that was robbed by Joe Tryon tonight by the refs. Horrible call. But but listen, this Todd Bowles defense, they need to get to the quarterback. Not just the starters. You want to make this team? Elijah Ponder, Pat O'Connor, Quentin Bell. Right. I want to see some quarterbacks on the ground. And uh, they came close tonight, but you know, there was a lot of screen game going on with Cincinnati. But uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see sacks galore when uh, when the Tennessee Titans come to town. Thought the Bucs did very well in situational football tonight. Uh, want to see that continue for sure. I mean, I know things got worse as the players got worse that were on the field. But they were <laughs> – I think they were like six of seven on their first – on their first seven third down attempts, uh, the lone failure being that uh, miscommunication on the sack of Brady. Um, so I think that was really – but overall, pretty much everything else on offense was trash. They ran the ball very poorly. They didn't protect as well as they should have. Way too many drops, way yeah. too many drops across the board. was very unimpressive. Catch the freaking football. You have played very, very well in training camp. You know, this has been one of the most talented receiving groups ever put together. And I'm not, I know it wasn't all necessarily the big dogs, but AB drops a pass and Josh Pearson drives two opportunities and he drops both of them. And you just saw that all night. I mean, you saw Keyshawn Vaughn drop the pass. And, you know, it's just like that kind of stuff. Like, you've got to like stop freaking dropping the ball. I know yeah. a couple of people couldn't finish tough catches either. Travis Johnson, even Hudson on one, you know, Darden, one's a little bit behind him, but. You don't look, you got to finish on the ball more often. Like, there were plays to be made for this offense. This wasn't a great Bengals defensive performance, and it wasn't like the Bucs didn't have talent out there even late in the game. Offensively, they did not execute very well at all. This team, I don't care who's out there on the field, should never have won 159 freaking yards of offense or whatever. Well, 159 total net yards of offense. It's disgusting. Defensively, I thought they played really, really well. I know the sacks, yes. 
I agree, but that ball was coming out quick. Um, late in the game, some misdirection things got on the throwback screens. I mean, the Bengals ran like four of them at some point. You just expect that not to happen anymore, and they kept doing yeah. it. So um, I, I don't think there was as much to be negative about defensively, but offensively, throw this one in the trash and start over again on Monday would be my advice. I agree. Uh, we'll start over say? again on Monday too. I was gonna say, what do you say? What do you say we start over again on Monday? Let's do it. That right? sounds good to me, man. And and, uh, and we're gonna do it in a very special way. So again, we invite everybody to join us Monday at four o'clock. Trevor Sekima, uh, Matt Matera, John Ledyard, myself will be remembering Mark Cook. The Buccaneers did a fantastic job of that tonight at the stadium. Um, Bruce Arians during his post game press conference. Uh, in the press box, uh, the Bucks PR staff did a great job uh, in the stadium with a moment of silence and some pictures of Mark up on the screen. Um, <laughs> Cookie would have loved that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's funny. Um, uh, Aaron, his ex-wife, uh, and and da uh, Daisy, um, both, um, you know, uh, they both, uh, you know, texted me. Um, and they said, they said he would have loved it, you know, cause he had a little bit of an ego, right? He was a words of affirmation guy and, uh, yeah. in, in a very endearing way. It wasn't, oh, like yeah. he was an egomaniac. He, he just, uh, you know, he, he liked having a little bit of a big head and he would have had one tonight cause it was awesome. So yeah. we're going to do it for Mark on Monday. We're going to give Mark a big head on Monday talking. We're going to spend an entire show on Mark Cook, remembering, uh, all of the, the laughs and wisdom and joy that he brought to our lives four o'clock on Monday. Please join us. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be a good one. Also, if you're still looking to participate in a Pewter Report Underdog Fantasy League, I have a couple spots left in our 12-person league. It's a $3 buy-in. If you go to underdogfantasy.com and you sign up, they'll give you $25 in credit. $25 in credit they'll give you to play on Underdog Fantasy. You only need $3 to join this league, 12 people in this league. We've almost got it full. We need a couple more, so email me. John, J-O-N, at pewterreport.com. I think we have two or three spots still left in that league uh, to fill. So if you're interested, hit me up, J-O-N, at pewterreport.com. Appreciate you all jumping in with us tonight, having fun into the wee hours of the morning. Yes. We're going to, Matt and Past I are going to get home and see if we can get yeah. some sleep before we wake up in the morning and start working on columns. So yeah. <laughs> until then, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you again next time on another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out. Out.